continuing little series on parenting. Last week we looked at two resolutions fathers and mothers need to make in order to, to raise godly children. Kind of the resolutions behind this passage. This morning I want us to look at the honor component that's found in this passage. Ephesians 6, 1, and 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, let me say two things real quick before we get into the honor component that's uh, found in this, this particular passage of Scripture. First of all, notice the first word. This passage is addressed to children. It's not about children. It's speaking to children. Children, your job is to obey your parents. And it goes on. But notice what that tells you about the early church. Because who was this letter written to? You go back to Ephesians 1, uh, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus. So included in that number are children. So he's writing to the church at Ephesus, to Christians, and he says, children, you now, this is your part. He's just finished saying, husbands, love your wives. Wives, be uh, submissive to your husband. He's specifically addressed husbands and wives in marriage. He's now specifically addressing Children. Children are part of church membership. It's amazing. Folks that miss that. But here is a very specific example of children being a part of the church and the preacher stopping this message through the book of Ephesians to just address children who are part of the church. Children have ministry too. And one of the ministries children have specifically referred to here is the ministry of honor the the ministry of obedience and that's going to be a huge blessing to the church so see that element second thing notice he says the first commandment with a promise in verse two here's a, a, a great example of how the apostle paul in the early church did not throw out the ten commandments he says, you've got these Ten Commandments, and in that list, this is the first one of those. It's the Fifth Commandment. It's the first one of those that comes packed with a promise. We're, we're in this la-la land world that thinks, oh, we don't, we're not under law. We're under grace. We don't have the Ten Commandments anymore. That's not what the Bible teaches. We still have the Ten Commandments. And Paul says, I want to bring up the fifth commandment to you. It's a very important commandment for the life of the church. Children, it's the first commandment with a promise. It gives you not only what to do, your ministry of honor and obedience, but it gives you reward and blessing. So he brings that up. And we're no longer under the law in the sense of doing the law to produce or earn righteousness. Only Christ is our righteousness. Only Christ could sufficiently earn heaven. So we trust Him to have earned it for us. We believe in Him. But He's still given us the moral law, the moral commands to obey. This is what pleases God. This is how we respond. Say, God, how do we thank you? He says, just be obedient. Keep the commandments. And this is one of 
the ways we love him. So see that in this uh, section about what children provide and what children do, you have this, this emphasis on mem- church membership. You have this emphasis on the commands all being part of that. Okay, the, the central part of this is honor your father and mother. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. That's pretty big. It's pretty big. Many times as my kids were growing up, you know, we, we're trying to teach them God's ways, God's path, God's commands. And so th- they knew that enough that uh, they would sometimes come to us and say, Hey, Dad, uh, is this a television show we can watch? They found a new one. Obviously, it's already in the family category. They wouldn't even be asking, okay? And so I would look at the, the television set. We had a huge television set back in those days. You know, the 19-inch the screen with the 24-inch tube? You know, that's the huge part. You know, but we were, we were looking at that, and I said, I don't know that show. I said, so I can't answer the question unless maybe I watch a few minutes of it with you and let's evaluate. They got to the place by saying, oh, no, here comes the evaluation again. You know, but for a while I had them, you know. Let me sit down with you for five or ten minutes. Let's see what this show's about. And then after you watch five or ten minutes, I would ask the question. Um, tell me this. What do, you, what do you think is the attitude of the kids in this show towards their parents? And that forces them to think about the manner of the dialogue. How are children addressing their parents? And it amazes me the number of shows, and video games too for that matter, that are constantly the children, even family shows, even shows written by Christians, the children are repeatedly putting down their parents. What'd your dad say? What'd your mom say? Oh, they're they're stupid. They're dumb. They don't get it. They're so not cool. You know, and it just goes on and on. And they begin to even curse about their parents. Well, I thought your parents said you couldn't come and to my house. Yeah, they say that, but you know, I don't do what they say. <laughs> and everybody just roars. The soundtrack turns up the laughter. And I asked my kids, I said, what does God say? Well, God says, children, obey your parents. Honor them. It's part of the path, the commands, where there's great promise and great reward. So, in other words, what we're seeing is what's on television here or what's on this video game is, is contrary to God. And his word. And God says his word is right. This is the right way. So that's the wrong way. So if you're going to continue to watch that, you must know this. If I, if I discern you don't get this, if you're just going to follow this pattern, we're turning it off. You see, this is not something I'm exalting in my home. This is not the right way. This is the wrong way to go. And until you can get that, By the way, until you have your kids equipped in the light, don't send them into the dark. Too many people let the dark be exalted. So the kids, that's all they know is darkness. All they know is the dark way. 
the, the path that leads to destruction and, and chaos and lack of peace and lack of respect and lack of honor. Our kids must be trained up so that they understand their responsibility in life and their responsibility as long as they're children is to obey their mother and father and to honor their father and mother. It's the first commandment with a promise. We have so many programs, whether it's a game or a show, that is designed towards dishonor and disrespect and tearing down authorities that God has set up. So understand that. That's Satan's way. That's not God's way. It's not, it's not a path you want to be on. I want to be on the path to heaven. I don't want to be on the path that leads to destruction, that leads to chaos, that leads to surrender to Satan and his ways. Well, let me show you a few other passages. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, first uh, three or four verses. 1 Timothy, excuse me, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. Notice this list of of people you really don't want to be around. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Men will be lovers of self. You want to be around somebody that's just, it's all about them, it's all about them. Lovers of money, that care more about money than you. Boastful, arrogant, revilers, always bringing down others, authorities. Disobedient to parents. Catch that. In this list, the list gets worse, but in this list is children who are disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Don't hang out with that crowd. He says, avoid such men as these. So here we have in this list kids who are disobedient to parents. They are equated with people who love themselves more than God, more than others who love money more than life, who are boastful, who are arrogant, who make life all about themselves, who are evil, who are reckless, who are irreconcilable. That's the path you're on when you're on this path of being disrespectful, disobedient, not honoring mom and dad. You're on this path that leads to great destruction. It's away from God. You, You may come to church. You have the form of godliness, you don't have the power. You've not seen the transformation of the Holy Spirit and that work in your life. Because if that work is in your life, you're going to be one who's going to be honoring mom and dad. Let's look at the command. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. So here's the command of Ephesians in its original setting. Exodus 20. And it's fairly basic. Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now, there's many parents who have taken that a little bit out of context and says, you honor me or I'll kill you. You know, 
well, so your, your life's not going to be very long uh, if you've got that kind of dad or mom. But anyway, honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God has given you. God's in authority. God gives us life. God gives us our place in life. His command to us is that we honor our father and our mother. It's not what pleases man. It's what pleases God. Um, well, let's think about it. What does honor mean? The word honor literally means to give somebody weight. To treat them as a substantive person. Somebody you need to build up. You, you give them authority. They have it, you give it to them. You, you hold them up. You hold them in high esteem. You give them your attention. You give them careful consideration. This is what it means to honor someone. Um, it's making them more important than yourself. So it can lead to great love for them, great uh, affection for them. Uh, you know, uh, you see examples of it in, in, in life, like in childbirth. Uh, if there's complications in childbirth, we save the mother first. And if possible, the child. That's by divine design. The mother is more important. She's already exhausted. She's the vessel of life. We, we must protect her first. We must take care of her first. If you're in a, uh, an airplane travel, they'll tell you. If we get complications, the oxygen mass falls down, where do you put it? On the parent first. It's important that, that your leader, the one in charge of your household, they get it first. Because then they'll be there to lead and protect and take care of the rest. But there's, there's a priority that we pick up on. It's God's design that parents are to be respected, taken care of, honored, lifted, encouraged, uh, embraced, given to our attention and our careful consideration. All of that because that's the way God has designed it. Now, how, how, how important is that really? Let me give you a couple um, case studies. Look at Exodus 21, verse 17. Exodus 21, verse 17. He who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Now, if our society keeps this, we're not going to have any population control debates. Because it's going to diminish our population greatly. He who curses his father and his mother shall surely be put to death. Sounds pretty important, doesn't it, from God's perspective? He's given the children the command to honor mom and dad. If they don't do that, if they curse mom and dad, they need to be removed. They need to be killed. This is a very serious command, which is probably why he's added promise to it, and added incentive to it. This is very, very serious. Because if you don't do it, if you go the other route, the opposite of that, instead of lifting mom and dad up, if you seek to bring them down by cursing them, if you seek to, instead of showing them respect, 
You seek to bring shame upon them through your cursing of them. Um, God says that's despicable. That's destructive. That's chaotic. That's not the path you want to be on. We need to get you out of here. If you curse mom and dad, your life is destructive to the home. It's destructive to society. Uh, you're going against the very thing God has put in place for leadership and peace and structure and growth uh, in society. Here's a stronger case study. Think that's strong. Look at this one. Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21. Here the kids, it doesn't give us the age, but he's got to be fairly old. Deuteronomy 21, beginning verse 18, says, If any man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or his mother, and when they chastise him, he won't even listen to them, then this father and mother shall seize him, bring him out to the elders of his city at the gateway of his hometown. They shall say to the elders, so this is the civil court, they shall say to the elders of his city, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. That's how I know he's probably older than, you know, a toddler. He's old enough to eat and drink by his own free will, and he's doing so. Then all men, verse 21, Then all men of this city shall stone him to death, so you shall remove the evil from your midst, and all Israel will hear of it and fear this is something extremely evil god says here you got a kid that's grown up in home and mom or dad says don't eat that i'm going to anyway wait wait don't drink that who's going to tell who's going to stop me and he keeps going on mom and dad try as much as they can don't eat that don't drink that don't eat that don't drink that and he goes until he's he's a gluttonous he's a drunkard and says you know this is this is we don't know what we're going to do. He's destroying our home. There's no peace. Everything's chaotic. We, we have but so much. He eats it all. He drinks it all. He doesn't obey. It's killing us. Take it to the elders. That's your only recourse. So they take it to the elders. There's two witnesses. Mom and dad both agree. Take it to the elders. If it's gluttony and drunkenness, there are other witnesses in society. And God is saying this Son of yours is not only a danger to the home, he has become dangerous to society. Needs to be removed. Stone him. So the others who have the authority in society pick up stones, kill this man. He is not helping us, he's hurting us. Very, very serious not to honor mom and dad. To grow up, to give them the respect that God wants them to have. Um, the fact that we will make role models out of people who do not honor mom and dad is crazy. You know, if you'll put on the television or on some video game, these superheroes who are disrespectful to mom and dad do not honor them. It's crazy that we would do that because that's not the path we want our kids on. Our society has gotten so crazy, you can walk into a church 
in Charleston and kill nine defenseless people and our society wants to debate whether or not you deserve the death penalty. That's crazy. God's word is very clear on this. That person needs to be removed. That person has no honor, no respect, no consideration, no attention to God's design, God's plan for the household or for society. And in, you don't have to read far. Genesis 9, 6, he who takes a life that bears the image of God, his life should be taken. God's very clear. These are things you don't, you don't tweak, you don't mess with. And that's the law of God. This is the standard that we need to live by. That's God's desire for our society. That's God's desire, his desire for our homes. God's very serious about that. Well, then who should we honor? God's so serious. Who should we honor and why? What does he say about it? Well, um, I'm going to take a little time just to expand it a little bit for you because Jesus did it in the Sermon on the Mount. Anytime in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus picked up one of the Ten Commandments and began to discuss it. He broadened the application of it way beyond uh, some narrow scope. And so when you, when you see this principle of honor and respect for authority in the home, Jesus expands it. Not only should you honor and respect the authority in the home, the same principle. You have, you have fathers in the home, but you have fathers in the church, and you have fathers in society, and you have fathers in the workplace. You, you have authorities God has designed for your honor. So get the command, and that's why you want to teach little children. This is something you, you're not going to get away from. You will one day get to the place where you can have a wife or a husband and start your own family unit. But you'll never get away from authority. There, there are those over you that you need to honor and respect. And ultimately, the Father in heaven. So children, obey your Father in heaven. Honor Him. So this principle you're teaching from the youngest of ages, honor and respect for mom and dad. It goes with them throughout life. Parents, teach your children to honor and respect you rightly. It's God's command to them. So let me give you some other verses. Honor, the honor that we should have for our natural father and mother. Show them love and respect. Why? One of, it, one of the reasons is it's a product of love. As, as we honor and respect them, they love us and, and we grow. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Beginning at verse 5. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 5. Here's a section on discipline. But notice the love behind it. Notice the honor and respect within it. Hebrews 12, verse 5 says, Have you forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. See, there's the respect, the honor. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? 
For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So notice, this, this love from mom and dad in the home, this love from God to us, it requires discipline. It requires order. And so as mom and dad try to create this order in the home, it's easy for kids to say, I don't like that. And curse mom and dad, disrespect mom and dad, disobey mom and dad. So mom and dad have to discipline to bring them back on course. So no, no, that's not acceptable here. You can't disrespect me. You can't disobey. You have to walk this way. This is discipline that comes to you because we love you. We're not going to let you jump off the cliff into the hell. We're not going that way. This is the path you must walk in. And it's, it's the path of love, and it's the path that produces, notice the th- two things it mentioned there, holiness and righteousness. Wow. What a production that takes place in the home as parents love their kids enough to discipline, as kids respect and honor their parents, then they become holy and righteous vessels of God. They receive just what God wants them to have. Um, you know, you... You've heard the, the illustrations. Parent comes to, to church and the kid's jumping all over everything. The parent tells the kid, sit down, you know, somehow, some way, as forceful as possible. And the kid finally obeys and sits down, says, good. And the child under his breath says, I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm still standing on the inside. You know, and we look at that and say, that's pretty cute. But no, it's it's not because we want to reach the heart we want our teaching and instruction to go all the way where no i'm sitting on the inside too i'm obedient i'm respectful because i know this is the right course if mom and dad have put me on this path this is good for me this is where i need to go and that's the path you stay on until it's clear to you that mom and dad have somehow got you away from god's commands Ephesians 6 is bringing you to the command. This is the commands. Think about the commands. This command is for you, and it comes with this great promise. So it directs kids to the commandments. It directs kids to the importance of staying on the path that parents are supposed to know and put their kids on. Let me give you another verse. Look at Colossians 3, verse 20. Colossians 3, verse 20 says, Children, be obedient to your parents. So here's the church at Colossae. Colossae, the same command. Be obedient to your parents in all things. Throws in this phrase, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. How do I know if I've pleased the Lord? How do I know what God's will is for my life? There's no doubt about it here for children. You know you're pleasing God. You know it's God's will for your life. Do it. Obey mom and dad. Children, obey the Lord because it's pleasing to the Lord. So the kid in the youth group who says, well, I just can't live with my parents. You've got to learn how to. You're not, you don't come here and tell me you're a Christian. You're pleasing God by being disobedient to your parents. No, uh-uh. Colossians 3.20 says that's, that's not what happens. To be pleasing 
to the Lord is to be pleasing to mom and dad. It's to be obeying them. You have to show them respect and honor. You have to see the authority God's given them that we must bow to. Another one. Uh, look at Genesis 47, 12. I just want to pick up a quick principle we see throughout Scripture as given to us by example. Genesis 47. It's not given us to us so much by precept as it is by example. Here's the story of Joseph. <clears throat> Chapter 47 of Genesis, verse 12 says, Joseph provided his father and his brothers and all his father's household with food according to their little ones. God had exalted Joseph to leader. And one of the jobs Joseph saw that he needed to do as a leader of his home now is to provide for his dad. And he provided for his dad food, clothing, since God had blessed him so. You see that principle all throughout Scripture. When parents are down in their older years and they need help, that children provide and bless them. They continue this honor and respect to their parents. You saw it of Jesus when he's hanging on the cross. He uh, looks out and sees John and says, John, observe Mary, my mother. Take care of her. It's that principle. I won't be here to provide. You make sure she has what she needs. It's a provision. And, and, and when, parent, when kids do that, when they honor and respect their parents in their old, older years, what are they doing? You're protecting your leader. You're protecting leadership. You're protecting the wisdom and authority that God's put in place. That never goes away until God takes it. And God raises up a new generation. So see that over and over again. God's plan for our parents is God has exalted them to a place of leadership. They're to be respected for it. They're to be honored for it. They're to be obeyed for it. They're to be provided for so that that ministry of theirs can continue. And we must have followers who are the children under them who are being honorable. Well, let's look at it in the other categories of society real quickly. Uh, not only are we to honor our natural father and mother, but we are to honor the fathers of the state. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Just going to read some, some passages here that get us through this because, again, our society is crumbling for a lack of understanding uh, this whole responsibility of ours to honor and respect others. The 1 Peter 2, 17 says, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So the king is this father of the state that we need to honor. See it again in 1 Timothy chapter 2. We were in 2 Timothy earlier. This time it is 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of our Savior. Notice again the emphasis. This is pleasing to God. Make sure you honor the king. Make sure you honor those in authority over us. Make sure you pray for them with petitions, specific things, with thanksgiving. Uh, what's it going to do? It's going to produce a tranquil, quiet, peaceful, godly, dignified existence for us. So we have to have this honor and respect or that's not going to happen. 
Um, you know, there's thankfully there there are those after every election that says whether you voted for the people who are our leaders or not, they deserve our honor. They deserve our respect. We have to do that to have tranquility, to have peace, to promote godliness. Uh, we have to be together under the authority that God's set up, whether we like it or not. Look at Romans chapter 13, another important example of this, talking of our government. Romans 13, the first seven verses, says, Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. There's no authority except from God. Those which exist are established by God. So there's that principle. God gave you your mom and dad. You didn't get to choose them. God chose them for you. God gives us our leaders. God gives us our governing authorities. Realize God's established that, and he wants us to honor and respect it. Verse 2, therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise for the same. For it's a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. It does not bear the sword for nothing. For it's a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. So God wants our authorities to kill people. God wants our authorities to create peace that way and tranquility in that way, to create order that way. He says, we're to be submissive. He establishes those authorities for us, for the benefit of society. Uh, those who don't obey mom and dad are not only destructive to the home, they're destructive to society. If they get out in society, then they don't obey the governing authorities. And it's destructive. And it's, it's mean, it's ugly, it's disrespectful. It brings everyone down. So God wants us to understand that. If we want to righteousness to abound in the land, we must get this principle. Honor the fathers of the church. The principle goes into the church. Look at Hebrews 13, verse 17. There's a number of verses on elders and deacons. It amazes me the number of churches today that have neither. But God's very specific on giving elders and deacons to the church. Hebrews 13, verse 17, he says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. For there's, so there's a sense in which as we obey our leaders in the church and submit to their rules and designs, that our souls grow. Because God has established them for our benefit. They're accountable for our souls when they get to heaven. I've often tell you and some of you say, well, I guess I, I won't see you again. People move away. I won't see you again until heaven. I said, you probably won't see me then either because I'll be so much further away from Christ than you will be because I'm accountable for so much. I wonder sometimes, how, how will I, I fare that, yes, I'll be there, but I, I'm responsible as a leader to, to preach and teach so that your souls grow, so that you, you get what God wants for you. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, we, verse 12, We request of you, brethren, that you appreciate 
those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. We're in this society that doesn't want to have anybody over us. But God's constantly saying, but you do. And you've got to learn to respect those that are over you. Honor them. Esteem them highly. Because it's, it's to your benefit. We haven't got to that. Is there, there's a promise attached. There's blessings. If you want to bless life, you've got to get this principle. And you've got to get it into your kids. In the workplace, look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. So not only does God give it to us in society, in the home, but certainly in the workplace as well. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 18 says, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Does anybody have an unreasonable boss? Church staff, do not raise your hand. God says, you're to be submissive to them. You're to be respectful of them. You're to be obedient to them. See, it's the same principle that we have for children in the home. Honor our Heavenly Father. Let's think about that. That's the supreme. Look at Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. So easy for you to find, just before Matthew. Malachi 1, verse 6. God says, a son honors his father, right? Well, he should. And a servant honors his master, right? Well, he should. He says, well, then, if, if I'm a father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where's my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, have we despised your name? And then the rest of the book deals with this. This theme. God says, Y'all don't, y'all don't have the basic principle down. And he's talking to priests. He's talking to church leaders. Basic principle. You should have learned as a kid to honor your father and mother. You should have learned as a kid to honor your employer. And you do, right? Well, if, if you learn that, then where is my honor? And where is my respect? Because I'm, I'm the greater authority. I've given you stages of authority, starting with mom and dad. And I've given you servants, and I've given you governing authorities, but I'm at the top. And God says, if you learn this principle, it should lead you to me. Because this principle leads you to worship, to lift up God, to sing His praises, to exalt Him, to declare unto Him, He is the most weighty and substantive of all, and the one who deserves all submission, honor, and praise. Principle should start as a toddler, and it just leads us to Christ. It's a glorious command that God's given us and tells parents to make sure we teach our kids how to honor and respect. And, of course, for those of you who were here when we started the service, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, we read, and it says, God created everything so worthy and honor and glory and power and dominion and all belong to Him because He's, he's supreme in authority over us. Well, if we do this, it's this important. If we do it, back in Ephesians 6, verse 3, comes with this promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on 
the earth. We know it's pleasing to God. We know He gives us a reward. The reward is long life. There's so many examples in Scripture of life cut short. I'm not going to take the time to go through that. Let's, but there's example after example after example. Let's just start with the big one. You know, in Genesis 5, you have this list of people who lived 600 years and 700 years and 800 years and 900 years. Why don't we live that long? Because God specifically says, they're so disrespectful that every thought seems to be evil. Enough of that. I don't want to see 900 years of disrespect and disobedience. God said, I'm going to cut it short. That was the way I designed it. So you ought to have just a long life of great blessings on earth. But now the years are going to be limited to 120. So God cut life short because of disobedience. So now the best we can do is max out at 120. But he tells us, you know, if you make it three score and 10, 70 years, you're doing good because of the evil. And life is cut short. Some I extend. But life is cut short because we don't get God's design of beginning the first of every week, giving God his time, his day, his honor, his worship, giving God his, our resources, giving God our praise. We, we don't get that because we're not getting it. We should be giving this to mom and dad. It starts in the home. And this principle leads our kids straight to Christ. When they get it, that they understand commandments, they understand authority, they understand submission. They understand their need for transformation. They can't get any of this without Christ. So get this principle. Uh, man is constantly doing evil, and evil cuts life short. It brings about death. It brings about chaos. It brings about all sorts of disruption when we don't follow God's path. Death is continually before us. It can come to any of, us, any of us at any moment. And the wages of sin is death. The reason is because God is, is tired of seeing us live this life. He's, he's eager to get us to the next life. I'm eager to get there. Where there's no sin. There's no disrespect. There's no disobedience. There's just peace. There's tranquility. There's love. There's honor and respect. What a beautiful place. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. All that God's prepared in this place that's going to be without sin. Let's get the spiritual principle down for us. Don't miss the fact, I've said it through several verses, God does not say, honor your mom and dad when mom and dad are perfect. Doesn't say that. None of you have a perfect mom and dad. Not even my kids, I don't think. Right? We don't. We're all messed up. We all rule poorly. We don't always get it right. But God says, nevertheless, there's an authority you must obey. We're going to have governing authorities that are not always going to get it right. God says, obey and be submissive. And don't fear. If you're doing what's good and right, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to have suffering. You're going to have hardship. But I bring this command with a promise. I'm going to give you life, and I'm going to give it to you more 
abundantly. Church, let's, let's be a group that establishes honor and respect. It's, Satan is very active in the church today. Using the tongue of ministers to curse and to denounce and to disrespect and bring people down. When I see it come out of my mouth, it hurts me. I'm, I'm, I'm asking, Lord, don't, don't let me diss the, the bride of Christ. I don't want, I want to teach, I want to instruct, I want to point out false teaching and false brethren. I have to do that, but I want to do it in a respectful, honorable, submissive way to the authorities God has put over me so that we all begin to live lives of honor and respect and have the long life and the long ministry God has given us. Let us teach our kids this ministry of honor and respect. Let's pray together. Father, uh, it's so easy for us to, to evaluate our lives by your standard and see that we have fallen, fallen way short. Forgive us. The standard is not our next-door neighbor. The standard is not the person sitting beside us. The standard is your word. You have told us what is right. Let us walk in it. Forgive us where we've walked off course, where we've become lovers of self more than lovers of God and his word, where we've become lovers of pleasure more than pleasing God. Father, we ask that you would take our sin and remove it as far as the east is from the west. Restore us as vessels of honor in the house of honor. Make our homes places of sweet peace because we understand authority and we're submissive and respond to you. Father, help us now as we submit to you through the Lord's Supper. May you transform us, removing our sin and granting us your righteousness by grace. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen.